0: Welcome back to Sincerely Arya. Today, I'm with Allison Vild,
1: Landon Woolard, Scott Tyler.
0: And today, we're going to be talking about their experiences with teaching, with COVID, with phones, all that new technology. But before we start, if you guys use any names, replace every name that, you, that you're about to say with Nico. So, like, if I'm, referring to, if I'm referring to Mr. Tyler, I'm not going to say Mr. Tyler. I'm just going to say Nico. So everybody is just the same person. So am I Nico? You <laughs> just introduced us, like, we're joined by. And so well, yeah, yeah, but if you're. To redo that, like, and it's Nico, Nico. No, I mean, like, you're saying, you're in, saying, saying, in the story, if you're referring uh, to somebody. I would ref, yeah, we would. As if, teachers, what if I'm
2: referencing would, him? Yeah. Do I reference him as Nico? Yeah, you can. Anybody
0: no. who's been on the podcast, you can say their name. Yeah, we so reference
3: students by name anyway.
0: Now, what
2: if there's like three
1: people in the story?
0: It's just Nico, Nico, <laughs> Nico One, Nico Two, wow, Nico Three. This is interesting. Okay. I like this, this but it's gonna make the me, only people. Brain work. <laughs> yeah, the only people that you can um, use their names in it, which you won't because I don't think I don't see any reason why. But is my last guest on my podcast, which was Will Henry. But you guys I William Henry. Yeah, I had him in class.
2: Maybe I'll talk about him. That was so <laughs> funny that I literally like
3: he said hi good you know, bye to me in the tunnel and stuff, and I, I was like, William Henry. And I just
0: You're gonna have to speak up, I think.
3: It's not even relevant. I just <laughs> remember the name, William Henry.
0: I'm hoping that this is picking up a good amount. I'll just give you guys the mic Do you want every to time we just get like really a, close. Give a, give a give a let's see. Pause. And you can also use Nico Patel as a name, no, but, okay. Oh good. and Simone Humphrey. I'm trying to remember any other people I had on the podcast, but all my last episodes with them were deleted from Spotify. So, um, we'll um, make sure we disparage
3: all of them. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, how has everyone's week been with finals? Um, it's been good, but like
2: crazy, but good. Kind of a little sad. I'm kind of sad this year's over.
3: It's nice that things are winding down. <laughs> yeah, I'll second that motion. It's definitely nice that things are winding down. <laughs> <laughs> but before they wind down, they got to wind way up. And yeah, then they
4: yeah, wind yeah, down. yeah, yeah.
0: So you guys are all looking forward to summer, I'm guessing?
3: Very much so. Yeah. Unanimous yes. <laughs> yeah. But the close of the year does get you reflecting back on things that you – could do differently next year. And I already have a series of notes of things that I am definitely doing different in my class from the get-go on day one next year.
0: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Now, did you guys all teach before COVID? Yes. Yep. So how was teaching before COVID?
1: I don't know if I'm the best person to start there because my first two years of teaching were the only two years before COVID that I taught. So it was a whirlwind of figuring out what is this job? How does a classroom operate? Where can I expect these students to be at? Um, so my first two years of teaching, the only time I taught pre-COVID, I was figuring out so much else that I don't know if I have a good baseline for for, for what sure, that for sure. really means.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, same. My first two years mm-hmm. of teaching were just pre-COVID, but... Um, there's definitely some, like, distinct differences between pre and, I don't know, are we even post-COVID right now? I guess, kind of. I am Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, there's some distinct differences pre and post-COVID that I, um, I mean, I could, like, almost make a list, I feel like, of things that have changed in teaching and in the classroom um, in general. Uh, do you want me to, should I just list them? Yeah. Okay. First is phones. Phones is a big one. I'm just technology in the classroom. I mean, everybody having Chromebooks versus not having Chromebooks. Um, but – and then also, like, I think – I don't know, but I feel like kids are way more open now. Like, they just, like – they, like, they like just tell everybody everything, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Is that a pre-COVID thing? I feel like that's post-COVID. Like, I think – I think that that, like uh, – not having conversations and people to talk to. And then when they, everybody came back, it was just like, I don't know. That's how yeah, I feel. I feel. Like they'll,
3: they'll, they'll share that kind of stuff. But then any deep intellectual thoughts that might belie their honest convictions about life in the world, it takes a long time for them yeah. to share those.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only like, thing I'm <clears throat> thinking of right now is the story that you told during the state trip. Of that one student who was really open with you. Oh gosh, yeah, Nico. Nico.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that was uh, that that was an interesting story. I get told a lot of things and a lot of stories shared with me that I am don't know why I'm the one that they choose to share these stories with. But but hey, I'm I'm all ears and I'm I'm here to listen and help. And uh, sometimes even when I feel like I shouldn't be listening to well, them. <laughs>
3: okay, so is that a product of? them watching hours and hours of TikTok and things and, and people sharing all that stuff and doing verbal diarrhea on there. And then, or, or the fact that I just need a trusted adult. Because I've had kids share stuff throughout my 11, I saw I taught 11 years before COVID and um, I think COVID accelerated Everything. It accelerated digital stuff in the classroom. Mm-hmm. It accelerated uh, the effect phones were having on students. It accelerated by a, a huge degree because they went from school where they were sort of on their phones sometimes to at home where they were on their phone all the time and then came back to school and tried to be on their phone all the time. Mm-hmm. And some succeeded and some did not and some chose to just give up. So, I don't know, it was, phones were definitely a cancer in the room. You yeah. cannot, as much as kids think they can multitask, I really don't think they can multitask. No,
2: not at all.
3: And even if it's not from an educational perspective, one of the
1: biggest difference that I noticed between pre-COVID and now is students used to be willing to just come in and talk to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sit down in the room before the bell rang. And, and chit-chat. Just talk. Yeah. But now it's just sit down alone. Headphones in, phone out. Which and I- they're just living in their own bubble. There, there is
3: no socialization. And I noticed that the year COVID, I felt that was getting worse the, the year COVID started. And then, then it, that, that definitely, definitely true.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people either flourish during COVID or just hit them really hard mentally.
3: Well, there's the old adage was like, hey, when you get out of COVID, you're either going to be a chunk, a drunk, or a hunk.
0: <laughs> that's good i like that but
1: yeah and hopefully not the second one for high schoolers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. hopefully not, yeah we don't want that yeah yeah, I mean, I, yeah.
0: Uh, for sure no even some of my friends i'll be hanging out with them and then they'll all just be on their phones and i'll like be like we should go outside we should do something and they'll just be scrolling like Just, like, scrolling, like, mindlessly through things, not even watching it. Like, just scrolling through TikToks with watching, like, one second of it. It's just, like, using it as something to, like, fidget
2: with. And it seems, too, like, so much of what
0: kids are doing now
2: or students are doing now in life revolves around posting it on social media. Like, I'm going to go to this place or I'm going to do this thing so I can post about it. Yeah, can you
3: be anywhere honestly? Like, can you honestly, do, do students honestly enjoy something right now? Are they yeah. in a moment and they're like, wow, this is right where I want to be. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to prove anything to anybody. I don't need to do anything. Or is it all about documenting and all about putting if, – if they're even posting. Mm-hmm. I think there's the posters who are doing that because then they're getting positive feedback yeah. from their peers and they're getting constant dopamine hits. And then there's the people who just consume and they don't post anything, yeah. but they're just consuming. Then they're addicted to the consumption of that material and – Either way, it's not good. It's yeah. Not healthy. I think
0: the consumers, that leads to a lot. I think both sides, it leads to a lot of insecurities. Because then a lot of people just rely on likes to get their validation, mm-hmm. which is really terrible. But I do like that Instagram added the feature where you can remove your like count.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't been on Instagram in a while. I don't know.
0: Yeah. But I think apps like Snapchat and Instagram are really toxic. I think TikTok is toxic too. But I also am guilty of, like, making TikToks, so I enjoy it for the creative aspect of it, but I definitely indulge in just, like, watching TikToks a lot as well. Well,
3: there is some community involved in some of those platforms. Like, I recall watching you guys at State, and we were sitting behind you and rooting, and then you and Nico were (laughs) making uh, TikToks and being super creative with it, and it was Funny. You know, it seemed like just mindless stuff, but it was bringing two people together in a, in a funny fashion and re-watching and there is a bonding there, but I think that, that bonding comes at a, a cost of not being able to be a lot of other places honestly and sincerely. I used to joke around with my class about, I would call it the naked pool of truth. Like everyone's hiding behind their device everyone's doing this and it's so, so I opposite I disagree with you on the fact that students are more open now i feel like they're more reserved and more closed off because they're afraid of getting they see everyone just get annihilated on social media for holding a certain certain opinions or whatever or even just speaking out and they don't know they're very unsure of what the response is going to be because they haven't had human interaction so they don't trust humanity to treat them with kindness and and kind of yeah and tolerate whatever they think as they try and hash out the world around them, and so they don't strip off their cell phones and jump into the naked pool of the truth because it's 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 cold and it's hard and it's difficult to swim in there, and and you have to you have to put the phone away to swim in there, and no one wants to do that, so they.
2: Yeah, I guess um, I definitely see that. I guess where I was, too, like, I guess there's kind of like that split where those kids, and then I feel like there's a lot of kids who are watching stuff on tiktok or instagram or whatever where it's like people are being very vulnerable and then they think like oh they're being vulnerable and you know they see that constant repetition i guess it depends on i mean what they're um what they're watching but you know then then they see a bunch of people being vulnerable and then they show up in class and then they're very vulnerable in class you know like yeah 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 sometimes to a fault you know um and and I've definitely noticed, I mean, even from my first year teaching when I had to teach like sex ed or, you know, like all of that stuff, it's like kids now are way more open about yeah, it as opposed to like, because I think it's just like they hear, they hear stuff like that on TikTok and Instagram and all of that, that they just think it's okay to just like blurt stuff out in class because it's blurted it out.
3: The end of the year where kids mm-hmm. are very comfortable and you've worked so hard at developing a community of learners in your class. Yeah, like if yeah, you, yeah. If you get a right chemistry in your class, it's like kids will no, totally. share. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kids will share. But that kind of stuff is, a, yeah, I don't, I don't know, the intellectual, it's just the intellectual and asking questions and things like that, it takes them a while, longer than usual, I feel like now post-COVID for them to, to ask a sincere question.
1: I feel like one of the biggest problems is actually just the time and the place. Because, like you mentioned at the state meet, we saw the act of a TikTok bringing people together and breeding right. creativity. And whether you're consuming, you know, whatever these ideas are, maybe it's this ability to be open, or maybe it's you know, whatever it is, whatever entertainment is there for you. If you're able to separate that out and recognize, hey, there's a time for this. There's a time where I can consume this. There's a time where I can grow from this. There's a time where this can bring me together with other people. Right. There's a time where I yeah. can share these cool things that I'm doing. Then it's awesome. Yeah. But when you can't separate out that time, and you allow that platform, whether it be Snapchat or TikTok, permeate every element of your life, suddenly you're not living your life. You're living a social media life. Right. Yeah. And that is what creates that difficulty to get to your ideas and your thoughts and to face
3: that truth yeah or jump into that with other people yeah yeah yeah
0: for sure it's really hard for me to imagine being in school without technology but I know that was something that happened obviously before my time which wasn't that long ago because I was talking to my friend Nico who who went to school with you but he was saying he he was saying that <laughs> that when she was in school that there were very few computers even used. Everything was like paper, pencil, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and phones weren't allowed. And that's the only thing I miss about middle school is the fact that phones weren't allowed in class because I miss socializing with people in class. Like I'll go into English and everybody will be on their phone. And the phones aren't allowed. They're just using it behind their computer.
3: Yeah. yeah. I think you're going to see – I would guess that you're going to see a sharper turn towards teachers saying no to the phones and being a little bit stricter.
2: Yeah, no to the phones, no to the earbuds, no to sitting on your computer when you don't need to be on it. Yeah. I think that people are – I mean, I think especially this year, like last year it was impossible to do things without the computers but this year i noticed that that drastic turn in the phones becoming a serious issue and i think teachers at the end of this year are realizing how bad it has been in the classroom and i think that you know yeah like you said um wait do i have to refer to him as nico i forgot
3: no no, no. all
2: okay. right like like it tyler said um you know yeah we're gonna see that change in in teachers attitudes towards phones i think
3: well i because i I care about my curriculum and mm-hmm. the day and and I feel like what I have to teach is important, even though kids may or may not believe that it's important at the time, and that's fine that's their, they're not going to believe that it's important every day they're kids so they've mm-hmm. got much more pressing things on the forefront of their mind that they that I, I was a kid you know yeah. I remember that not to like care about stuff, <laughs> but um, it is so hard to get them to students to really contend with difficult ideas and contending with difficult ideas is difficult it's hard and scrolling is way easier and way more mindless Mm -hmm. and the easier road always it's easier so you're going to want to walk down that road i don't know (laughs) right i mean it's like two paths diversion of wood well this one is full of funnies laughs and whatever on instagram and this one's filled with difficult thought and 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 someone asking hard questions and rigorous work and you're going to choose the path of least resistance every time yeah and so you have to i feel like we have to shut down those paths of easy resistance and you ha- you can't give kids the option to go easy because i give i i way i give the option way too many times you know just it's yeah really got in the way
2: for
0: sure and I, the, oh, oh sorry go ahead oh, no, go i was ahead. just
2: gonna say um i guess like when i was your thought made me think of this that when I think about students being more open versus like having a hard time having real hard conversations or actually like learning things and having to think like when I think about students being more open I guess I just realized like in your last comment um, that it seems like they're more open about things that don't I don't know it sounds bad but like things that don't really matter you know like just like just, like, nonsense stuff that they just insist on, like, sharing with the whole class, you know, or sharing with, like, a group of people. But it's, like, not, it's not, like, I don't know. It's not, like, it's, like, easy things to share. Yeah. But it's, like, but it's, like, so much of it. It's, like, an explosion of just, like whatever is it think going on in their brain, it's just like blurting out sometimes. Right, but what they're yes. missing out
3: on yes. is, is, is. The, the power and vulnerability yes. is not necessarily sharing the easy things to share. That's yeah. a great no, step, totally, totally. but the power of real vulnerability is putting the thought or idea out in the world, seeing how people react to that thought or idea, watching it land, and then it being bounced back to mm-hmm. you, and then you correct that opinion or that thought mm-hmm. or that idea based on the conversation that yeah. you have with that person and you could have a different conversation with every single different person and then your opinion is informed because mm-hmm. you played that game and then if all you're doing is one-way communication you're either spitting out or observing or taking in then the back and forth dialogue disappears the real vulnerability is off the table yeah. I don't totally. think it no I don't totally think it and so
2: I think it is it is a fault that it's like it's oversharing on on nothing essentially, and then not diving into real thought. Yeah, because if you're going to yeah. learn,
3: you have to be vulnerable. Yeah, you have to you have to admit like I don't know this, and this is why I'm asking this question. Yeah, and, for sure. And it
1: makes you wonder: Are those ideas that are being shared? Are they even coming from that student themselves, or are they yeah. just spitting back out some idea that was? poured into their eyes and mind the night before on TikTok.
3: Which I'm okay with that, right?
2: Poured into their eyes
1: eyes and mind, yeah. (laughs) So they poured the
3: idea into their eye, (laughs) and they get it, and they mull it over at night, and then if they bring it to the table and say, you know, Mr. Tyler, I got a question about X, Y, and Z. Like, what are your... Not that we, I I don't... Man, because some things I don't feel like I need to give my honest thought, right? As a teacher, my job is to to challenge their thought and make sure that they know how to think so yeah. I, that's a game that i play and and i might push back on them whatever their opinions are but that, i feel like that's important too
2: that's an interesting point you bring up is when students ask you about your opinion on things and you're right sometimes i don't want to give my opinion because i don't want them to just be like oh well that's what she thinks so like that must be right
1: yeah. Or just the opposite. Or the opposite. With how yes. polarized many ideas are. <laughs> yeah. You might totally shut down like, your ability to communicate with that student but totally that's, if you're willing to
3: be honest. Yeah, but that's that's why I feel like kids don't be aren't as vulnerable. So they're seeing this huge. I mean, like, okay, they're in this 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 social media ocean, and and it, the waves are freaking rough, right? People are getting, you're watching reactions and things, and it's it's tumultuous really heaving seas in that social online world you read a youtube comment i mean it's just one wave after another and i i think they don't realize that the actual world of human communication person to person like sitting at a table like this is not as tumultuous it's actually like a pretty calm lake with some ripples sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's the way I feel like it is, and even if it does get tumultuous, at least at the end you can say, "Hey, let's clarify a few things," or you can always go back with that person and circle back around. Yeah. There's no circling back around on social media; it moves way too fast for you to do that. And and I feel like, man, if if we don't create a space for kids to talk in class and and even just even the morning kibitzing like sans the phone, then they they forget that. They think that everything's tumultuous and has to be tumultuous when it's really not. Right? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: I think it's incredible that more kids are getting involved in politics, but the unfortunate thing about it is that they're getting their opinions from, like, an Instagram Explore page. Mm-hmm. And, like, fa- <laughs> so their personality becomes, like, some Instagram account that's, like, edgy to them. or And it goes on both sides. Yeah, So totally. And I feel like... It all like recently it's becoming more like virtuous for people to have um, these like niche things about them, so they like have to find something to feel bad about, even though they may not feel bad about it. Does that make sense? Yep. And I feel like I don't know. I feel like that comes in school, <coughs> and it's like reflected in school. But I think that's just something that I. D- don't like about the phones you know people like i think it's good for people to be informed but i don't think that people are have their own personalities i think that they're trying to find i think they're trying to find like what is their personality but they're like
2: finding
3: it exploring from, through social media. Yeah. I don't even know that's
0: kids. I think that's adults yeah. too. I think
3: e- everyone's prey to that. Cuz even if you remove
1: social media from this, that's always been the case. Depending on the news outlet you chose or the newspaper you read or you know, the radio show you listen to, take whatever generation you want to look at and see how did they consume their media? What they chose to listen to or what they chose to engage with was in some way going to shape their opinions. Mm-hmm. And right now, that medium just happens to be social media.
2: I think, um, though, too, like social media definitely is more, I don't, I don't know if I want to say it, toxic, but you're right, it's that constant back and forth, and it's so quick, whereas 15, 20 years ago, it wasn't that quick. And so I think you would read something, and you'd sit on those thoughts, and you'd think about them, and you'd talk to your family about them or your friends, and it wasn't just like this banter back and forth of like people cussing each other out on social media, you yeah. know which I, I yeah. think a lot of people are I think there's a there's a a big chunk of former social media users that got away from it because of the politics that got started over social media and then there's another chunk that is driven to it because of that
0: yeah
1: it's definitely kept me away
2: yeah, I used for to be sure. a
1: much more avid user of social media mm. through my later high school years and into college. And, and just in, in that time, I feel like I've seen those platforms change so much in the way that they're interacted with and in the mm-hmm. way that they're used that it's almost,
3: the, you know, why? It's, it's why is a good question. I, man, I got off right before the first, this latest election cycle. Um, and I, I deleted it off my phone and I haven't been back to Instagram And that was the only social media I had. I do, YouTube definitely sucks me in sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But less so now because I'm just ridiculously busy. Uh, Which is great. It's actually the better way to think and be about (laughs) life. I don't know, it's pretty good. Um, But I was going to, what was I, oh shoot. You know what, I completely lost my train of thought. I went into that with an idea and then I lost it. So I'm sorry. It'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah, but maybe it's coming back right now. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. Here it is. It's I think I got, it. I got it. I, it. It is very difficult to triangulate your position. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you used to be able to go to one news source because you knew it to kind of had this leaning, and another news source because you know, and I guess you can still do that. Eh,
2: take that back. Um, nice Tyler, what are your thoughts now? I mean, because you have kids. Like, I don't have kids. Well, doesn't have kids. Oh, I don't have kids. Like, how, honestly, like, I, I wonder, like, how do I manage this in the classroom? But then I think, like, what if I had kids? How on earth would I? I don't even know what I would do.
3: Um, I think it does an extreme disservice to give the entire internet yeah. to a young person. What, in a young developing to, mind. To, to a young developing mind. Uh, that's a that's a lot of information it's a lot of dangerous things that's a lot of things that they don't need to see so we're pretty strict on cell phones my kid my kids have what's called a gab phone which is the worst phone imaginable there's no internet there's like no apps everything is super limited um almost almost too limited. Like, I, I have a hard time getting into music. And I, I loved music as a yeah. kid. And, and they like music, love music. And it's very difficult to get music onto this phone, which is a blessing and a curse, I guess. Um, so they don't have internet. Their phones are, they don't go into their bed. They don't go to bed with their phones, right? They're, they're, they they're stay on the table um, outside at the family charging place. Um, if we're in the car, I have, like, a no phone role in the car just because if I think back on the times with my own personal family growing up and then people that I love the best times were on drives it's such a great time to connect, it's such a great time to talk, there's something about the road coming at you and then you don't have to make eye contact with somebody that you can have really great conversations There's something about the car that's sort of magical so trying to preserve that so I definitely if we're in the car there's like no phones Um, and no phones at the dinner table, uh, and you know if their friends are texting them, and it's like nine o'clock at night, it's like you can't even respond. Like you yeah. don't even get sucked in. Like it's, it's there. And even the group text, I feel like is too much sometimes. And my kids are, you're gonna think I'm talking about like a, like a, like a seven and an eight year old. That's like a fourteen year old kid and a, thirteen year old and a twelve year old kid. Like that really. And I just don't think it. I've seen the damage it does. I've, I think it it saps creativity. They did a study one time of like if you felt the urge to be creative and go build something and then you went and watched someone build something, your desire to create was satiated at that moment and then you didn't have to go and build and do something because you watched somebody else do the thing that was Mm -hmm. pleasurable to you. And like, gosh, that sucks. Like yeah. all the stuff that you could go do, all the stuff that you could create, all the stuff that you might write down and think and get creative about that you don't because you're in a warp hole, of, a black hole of, of technology, that is so sad. Um, <laughs> so I don't want my kids to do that. And I, I really wish like if – I think phones are going to go the way of seatbelts or social media, at least, is going to go the way of seatbelts, where for many years, no one drove without a seatbelt, and there was all these crashes, and there's carnage everywhere, and then pretty soon, it's going to be like, got to drive with your seatbelt on, or like smoking. Hey, like people smoked carnage everywhere. People are dying of lung disease and and cancer everywhere, and then it's finally this, you know, enough body of evidence that says this is supremely detrimental to these people, and it comes with a Surgeon General's warning, and you, you really shouldn't engage especially if your kid is under 18 or 17 or 14 or whatever the age of accountability would be. And then you release them after they have the tools to equip themselves with. Well,
1: I think that idea of having the tools to handle it, I'm I'm fortunate to have grown up when I did because I was on the cusp of, you know, my first phone, I had limited texts every month. I had limited minutes that I could call people with. Yeah, yeah. Barely had a camera, yeah. yeah, and it was just you know, hey, making plans with a friend to meet up. Yeah, okay, shoot a shoot him a text. Yeah,
2: and you'd have to wait till eight p.m. to get free nights and weekends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that was yeah. great. Call you know, call your your mom to get a ride home. And as I was kind of growing up, right, I, I didn't have a smartphone until my senior year of high school, um, and even then, they were rudimentary. You didn't have all of these apps that you could spend hours and hours and hours in. It was just slightly more equipped, easier to text on, easier to browse the internet on, had a better camera for you to kind of capture these moments. But as it's been growing so fast, to be able to look back and think about the different ways that even I myself have interacted with it through the years, I think has better equipped me to cope with it's addictive nature Mm -hmm.
3: yeah because someone in your DNA is is the healthy version of yourself before all that entered your life where you're like no I know what this feels like to be in a moment with people and connect and all those things but man if if there's kids that don't know what that moment feels like or those moments are so so few and far between in their life that they they can't fight for them in their digital warfare to preserve them oh my gosh they're missing out like so much
0: yeah I think people above, like, 20, 23 and above are able to recognize, like, the toxicity of phones. But I think everybody younger than that is still trying to manage, like, how much time they can spend on their phone. And I don't think they're able to see the problems through it and their addictive behavior. Yeah. So how do you think this, like, revolutionary, like, change would happen? I, I-
3: like, like the cigarette, it would be a Surgeon General's warning, or the seatbelt push. It would come from, like, education. It would come from, you know, the school leaders, you know, with the parent meetings d- disseminating information about the, the dangers of that, all, all kinds of stuff. I, d- I don't know. And it would – I don't know. I, I don't think there's uh, – we're, we're using very blanket terms in this conversation and saying mm-hmm. a lot of kids. I, it's, it's a lot of kids, but there are – when you get around ath- athletics – and you get into school, um, other school stuff, like it's so great. Like we went, to, all of us were in a van on the way down to state and you know, we asked the kids to bring a philosophical question and that was three, four hours, three hours yeah. of <laughs> really great yeah. conversation that was awesome. And it was, and everyone was involved and, yeah. and it was really, really terrific. And it was the youngest, too. there were some young kids in that van that were like totally into it but I do and think weren't that scared that's, of
1: it. I do think that that's a huge maybe huge is the wrong word a very small minority of mm-hmm. the student population
2: I mean it's it,
0: philosophy if, club it it there's philosophy universe. club, but the only people that showed up to like the last philosophy club meeting was me and Nico <laughs> and <laughs> So if anybody there goes to
3: another Nico at all, no other Nicos.
0: No other Nicos. <laughs> well, it started out with a good amount of people. But then we realized as the weather started getting better, mm. kids started migrating mm. out of Nico's classroom because they only stayed in Nico's classroom because it was just cold outside. But Yeah. If anybody goes to the school that I go to, they should definitely attend philosophy club because we need a vice president and we also need Shameless an club. audience <laughs> so right now there's just one person in the club but i think it's i i had a really good time having those philosophical conversations or even just listening on listening in on them because i was in the back so it was hard for me to participate Well, I guess, can I go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, I guess too, like even what you said about it being a
2: small minority of kids who can have those conversations. I mean, if you just look at the students who we were able to bring on that trip, I mean, they're all very smart kids. They do well in school and they work really, really hard. And I think that is a select few kids who know how to manage that time on the phone. Um, Where majority of the kids can't do that. They don't know how to do that. Um, I also think that they're, I think the kids in school now are i think they're going to have they're feeling the effect of phones and technology the most i think in the next five years it's going to get better Be- i think so too i think because at, right now even parents are unsure how to handle this they don't know what to do but i think in the next few years parents and teachers and everybody are going to kind of realize like yo, we cannot go back we no. cannot go back to what happened before. well if
3: you're looking at. Accelerated rates of depression and anxiety yeah. and all that stuff, and you know there that beyond the, the major alleve, alleviant is that a word? Yeah, I think sure. I know what you mean. Yeah, is. I the know what you mean. thing that would <laughs> alleviate the pain yeah. would be decreased time on those platforms yeah. and real meaningful learning. Then mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a no brainer.
2: What yeah. is uh, interesting too is after our uh, after our. Uh, staff golf tournament yesterday. Um, me and Nico went and got food. And one of the first things I said when we sat down to eat was, what's your screen t- screen time look like? And we compared screen times. And it's funny because people get so embarrassed I about know. screen time. And when you talk about screen time and you look at somebody's screen time and it's five hours out really of the day. It really tells a story. Or, you know, or even two hours out of the day. Like two hours of screen time is is At the low end of screen time for a lot of people, and even two hours, I'm like, "What did I do for two hours on my phone?" You know, Um, but it truly is. It's in, and it's like the best way to to bring up the conversation of phone use in a group of people is just, "Hey, let's compare screen time."
3: Then you do it by math, like, yeah, and then you then you divide it by 24 hours. You take your total time. I do this in my class a lot, especially when a kid's like, "Oh my gosh, my average this week was eight hours." Yeah. Eight hours a day? That's a full-time job. Yeah. And your, your, your full-time job is looking at other people's lives. And you do the math, and you're like, you spent this many consecutive days, a year, Yeah, looking at a three-by-six-inch screen.
2: Yeah.
3: That doesn't even count the big screen and the medium screen. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, Yeah. <laughs> that's just yeah. your small screen. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Um, I don't know. Well, let me ask you a question, Arya. What do you see your peers? Because I know I think there's maybe uh, I've returned to more of like a long form podcast thing. I think podcasts are way cool, and there's so much more patience for long form. People are consuming hours of long conversation in their ears while they're doing things or making the most of you know time by themselves or a walk, or, and and it's really neat. Are your Peers engaging with the same material, or is that like an older person phenomenon?
0: With podcasts specifically? Yeah, like
3: specifically long form podcasts.
0: No, not at all. I have very few friends that just like to read books or listen to podcasts. Like the longest thing that they could probably listen to or watch is like a 15 second clip on TikTok, which is really, really sad to me. But.
3: Like the thirty seconds worth of music, we were joking around, driving in <laughs> the van and listening to Nico's uh, uh, skip through songs, and it was like we listened to forty-five seconds of a song, and we would like, oh, you know, we you, know you all the old songs. Finally getting into the groove with yeah. it. Yeah. Next song. Gone. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, can you play this? and It is a song eight minutes long. It must have felt like an eternity. <laughs> This guitar solo is as long as most songs I listen to. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I think it's gonna get better.
2: I think it it's, has to. I think it's got to get better, and I think yeah. it's actually, I think it's gonna happen. I mean, I crossed my fingers, but maybe I'm just hopeful. But I think it's gonna happen soon. Like, I, I don't think that this class, like the the classroom trauma, I feel like is what it is, <sighs> is is going to hide. but But maybe I'm well, wrong. I hope it's not going to last that long. I hope that, you know.
3: The catch too is, okay, so say I'm a parent. I'm a, I'm a mom. I'm 40 years old. And I also have a heavy diet of Instagram and mm-hmm. social media influencers. And they benefit from my eyeballs just as much as my child benefit. Your eyeballs benefit somebody else's mm-hmm. pocketbook or however those things are calculated. I would have to have to get that to sink into my brain. Think of like a a fad diet. How many times did you have to hear Whole30 before you're like, oh, I'm gonna try Whole30. And then who'd you hear about Whole30 from? It was like an Instagram influencer or something. And you're like, oh, wow, that really changed your life. I saw, I witnessed the change. You're gonna have to do it. Like, are we so deep into that rabbit hole that there's no backing out? Or would would an influencer be able to influence people out of their platform and out of a job? Yeah, you're
2: right. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know now.
3: <laughs> I mean, right? Because that—that's the catch twenty-two. And yeah, like, totally. And, and if you are in, in in business or you're doing things like to to promote, there, there's so much powerful tools on there. And when dollars are involved for people's financial gain, they're not going to want to sit there and influence you out of. Well, but maybe, but maybe they would save kids. Well, what hey, I'm wondering—adults, one thing: save your
2: children. Yeah, I'm wondering too. Like. That change is going to have to, I I do believe, I mean, when kids go home after school, what they do on their time, I mean, unless they have parents that are on it with phones, um, I think a lot of that change might start in the classroom where teachers are like, no more phones. As soon as you walk through my door, earbuds are out. Yeah. Phones are away. I don't even want to know if you have a phone. Yeah. Um, And then I think once kids are experiencing those types of conversations in class or, you know, after a year or two of literally no phones anymore. They might start to see the benefits of like, oh, actually, like I can just have conversations with the people around me. That is also beneficial, you know? Um, but but again, I, I mean who knows? I think I'm just really
0: hopeful. Oh, I'm hopeful too. Yeah. But
2: ugh, I don't even know.
0: Yeah, and I think kids have lost like all socializing skills and mm-hmm. they would rather just be on their phones. Than to have like any single moment of awkwardness with another person. Yeah, but it's a you pacif- did Yeah, but it's a pacifier for a lot of people. I think that's yeah,
2: like the phone. Yeah, yes. I don't know what to do by myself, or I don't know what to do if I'm not socializing with the person right next to me. So I'm just going to stare at my phone, even if I have nothing to stare at. I'm just going to lock it and unlock it and, and do nothing.
1: But, like, but let, <laughs> let's go back to what you just said with themselves. Not only is this problem, I can. Talk to other people. I can't be. Yeah. I can't even be with my own thoughts. Yeah, for you know ten minutes.
4: Yeah,
1: which is bizarre. Yeah, right. When do you process your day? It takes training. When, like,
2: yeah, when yeah. does that happen? Yeah, um, that's why you go on twenty mile runs because that's yeah. when you process your day. That's when I process my oh, life. right yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I take like occasionally, I'll listen to long podcasts. Um, you know, if I feel like I can really gain some information from them if they're just talking and about nothing I don't really like to listen to them but um yeah when I take my dogs out on walks when I go on runs if I'm in the car like a lot of times I'll be driving and I remember like oh, I've been sitting in silence for an hour now yeah and it's so great because yeah. I'm just I my mind has just wandered into these weird random places that and I'm like oh I'm glad I, I thought through that you know or like I'm glad I resolved that conflict internally you know like <laughs> yeah. whatever it is and it's like feels good I have
3: spent more time driving in silence too. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I.
2: Yeah.
3: I used to be a music all the time kind of person.
2: Yeah.
3: Now I drive silently.
0: It's nice. Is There's there something, really but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Feels good. I think that's a really good point that you brought up because, I'm a person who's like guilty of not having that alone time. It's always filled with either I'll call a friend, I'll hang out with them, I'll be doing something. Like I feel like I have to always be doing something. Mm-hmm. Or listening to music but recently my friend Nico was telling me that I should start working on having that alone time or just doing nothing just being alone with my thoughts Mm -hmm. so journaling has helped a lot because I feel like that's just like my time where I can just like word vomit everything
3: does it get melodramatic when i was your age my journals even when i was 20 even now if i slip into journaling it gets real melodramatic <laughs> i just want to chuck it in the trash so
0: for sure for sure but i
3: feel maybe that's part of the process yeah, yeah no
0: it's and i've really enjoyed it like the i feel like the past 3 months since i've started journaling like i feel like my mental health has gone a lot healthier since so maybe that could be a way for kids to move away from their phones and feeling like they have to word vomit every insignificant thing about their life to people to compensate for not being vulnerable yes
2: oh my gosh you perfectly that's ex- yes. yes that's exactly
0: it that's exactly it say that one time. yeah whatever you said that was it but um <laughs> people feel like they have to word vomit every insignificant thing about their life to compensate for not being vulnerable yes. with themselves yes
2: that goes back to that conversation we had at the beginning of this, like that's exactly, that. I feel like that's exactly where my head was at, but you're, you just said it so <laughs> poetically.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's a real power to be by yourself. hmm But I, maybe it just comes with, with uh, maturity and self-assurance. I mean, I certainly couldn't do it. I'm a very extroverted person and I didn't, I never liked being by myself. It wasn't until I had kids that I was like.
2: Yeah, but you grew up, I mean, you were a runner. Didn't you go on runs, like, by yourself? And even though you maybe, no, never. But don't you think...
3: Not until college. Yeah, I mean, whenever I ran by myself in high school, I just felt an incredible sense of loneliness. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) And suffering. Sheer suffering. Do you think... (laughs) Loneliness and suffering. Because
2: there weren't... There wasn't the technology. And I kept doing it! Like, do you think the conversations you had with the people you were running with then were... I mean, you weren't necessarily sitting with yourself, but don't you feel like... I mean, I feel like there's many conversations where I've had when I was running in college or on long road trips where I'm like, it's more beneficial to be around those people because you can work through Mm -hmm. those internal struggles without really, you know, you can have a conversation, um, Landon and I can have a conversation and during this conversation, I'm making realizations about myself internally during that conversation.
3: conversation. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
2: and so, um, you know, I don't like to be alone either. Especially when I was younger, I mean, like I didn't like to be alone, but um, I don't. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maturity, I don't know. I don't know where I was going. With I that don't
3: thought. know what it is. Why in your older age is it? Maybe you just it's it's much. Maybe you just need it more. Maybe I don't know. maybe
1: you've experienced it enough to recognize the value in it. Maybe you've had that time where sometimes even if you didn't want it, you were forced into that time and. And being able to look back on that, you're like, "Hey, I actually appreciated that."
3: Yeah. Yeah. When do you spend? When do you spend time by yourself? For me, I'm incredibly introverted,
1: so pretty much any time I can get to spend alone, I will take.
3: Has it been like that forever? It has been. Yeah. I had
1: no problem spending time alone as a kid. I had no problem spending time alone through high school. I've always enjoyed just silence. Yeah. That's and so
2: weird to me cuz I just feel like for you I just feel like like you're so easy to talk to. Like I like getting to know you through the track season, I was like, "Oh my god, I could literally like you're so easy to talk to and you can have conversation about anything and you always have valuable input and it's like I would never categorize you as an introvert." Oh, I'm incredibly
1: yeah. introverted. It's so
2: weird. So weird. That's bizarre to me. That's mind blowing. I don't believe you. <laughs> you're
3: operating under a, an assumption that if you're introverted, then you're obviously socially awkward. Which no, is no, not no, the no, case. no, no, no,
2: no, no, no. Like a... no. I feel like he enjoys being around people. Like, and I oh, feel like, oh, oh, like right, I feel like right, right, he right. thrives off of good, real, raw conversation. Right. I, I do. But in, maybe you do because do you internalize that, so that much
1: of that real, raw conversation. Yeah. But I'm only at that place with people that I feel like I can genuinely talk to. Got it. Right, I would never go just to a crowd of people. I don't get energy from meeting new people and yeah. getting right. to know people and kind yeah. of developing those relationships. But I have no problem digging into a relationship that's been formed. Got it. I just think that I'm because of my kind of introverted personality. I have no problem spending a lot of time alone, Got just it. in thought. Yeah. Just,
3: just do you, raw thought. When do you do raw thought by yourself?
0: Mm. Well, mm, yeah <laughs> well, <I thought. laughs> that's not a good podcast name well, well, thought. Thought. <laughs> that is good yes. good um uh I don't know
2: I guess um I've been spending a lot of time lot of time by myself recently like in the last you know three months probably I've been doing a lot of time by myself um but uh I, I don't really know I just think throughout my day, I'm just doing things, and it's like, I mean, because right now my boyfriend's gone, and so it's like, I leave school, and I'm by myself the rest of the day. Right. So it's like, I'm doing dishes, and I'm like, Mm. but my mind doesn't stop. Like, it's just constantly going. So I think about a lot of things, and I'm not, and then I'm like, literally, then I clean my whole house, and I'm like, wow. And then I think back about the the conversations I've had with myself in my head during the last two hours, and I'm like, whoa, that was a bizarre twist of conversations, you know? And it's like, um, so... I don't know. I guess I don't know. Just just as of recently, a lot. All, all the time, yeah. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like I didn't answer that question. Go to somebody else. All, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> when do you
0: have your like moments of being alone with your thoughts? Uh,
3: well, as a dad, um, I feel like I, I remember the first thing I realized when like kids were old enough to be up and by themselves and autonomous, even before when their babies are like if you didn't carve out time for yourself, you never got it. So I don't think I appreciated being by myself until I had till had kids because I didn't never wanted to be by myself. I just never. I always felt like it was punishment, right? As a kid, you're like go to your room and then you're by yourself, and it was yeah. punishment to be by yourself. And it took till I had my own children that I was like, oh my gosh, I just it would be really nice to have silence. Like you no, know, and I'm not saying like a lot. I think you, you, it's about you need that mm-hmm. to go be an effective person or father or whatever your role is in your life so but right now um, I get about an hour in the morning and then if when I was working out or running some exercise it was it was usually that you know an hour in, in in the afternoon or whatever and then but then lately I've been doing this other project that necessitates a lot of time by myself and so I'm by myself a lot. But sometimes I fill it with podcasts and music and yeah. things like that. And sometimes I don't.
4: Yeah.
3: And just working away like with nothing is kind of surreal. So, but even just the driving, the drive go back to the driving silently like there's a lot of time. That's just that's a weird blip in my life. Thing. Yeah. So, I think about average probably uh, maybe an hour and a half to 2 hours a day.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's pretty similar to me. But um, it's not
3: active. I think the only time where I'm actively by myself and really trying to, like, hash stuff out would be, like, in the morning.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> I usually use tennis as my time to be alone with my thoughts. It's more cathartic. Like tennis
3: with somebody else?
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> so it's probably not the healthiest way. It's more cathartic, I think, just to get, like, all stress and anger out on, like, a tennis ball. But other than that, the only time that I spend alone is, like, Just like late at night for like the 30 minutes before I go to bed.
3: That's pretty
0: good. That's healthy. I feel Mm. like it should be more. I don't think it's healthy enough for me Mm. because I'm also simultaneously listening to music Mm. or something. But just being in a moment of silence, that's like zero minutes out of my day.
3: Raw silence
2: see i struggle with raw silence i if i'll just turn on like music but music with no words you know like i'll put on like lo-fi or something because i feel like that like gets the gears turning in my head for some reason you know like i feel like i can be more vulnerable with myself if i have some sort of background sound or i don't know you need
1: some sort of kind of mental stimulation yeah really just a little bit force the thoughts to and start then as flowing. soon as they
2: start going it's just like it, my brain just moves but uh if i'm listening to music that i know then i'm just like singing along and whatever dancing in my house or whatever you know but uh if i just listen to music without lyrics and then it's like yeah then then i can get in some real real do real either deep
3: of conversations you conversations with myself do either of you like pin drop meditate like go through i guess i get a very set time of like raw silence. Does anybody seek out raw silence intentionally? Never. Not, um, not to the point where I would call it meditation. Yeah, like but are, are
1: you like, hey, this is my I don't raw silence routine? Time. But yeah, I mean, I I sit every morning. Just one of one of my favorite parts of the day, every single day, is to just sit in silence at my dining room table. Coffee and oatmeal. I literally and was going to say
0: with
2: oatmeal. I knew you were
1: going to say that because you know my breakfast.
2: And and you know
1: you just think about the day ahead, and you just kind yeah. of you I know you you process. And and for me, that's like a forty-minute ordeal. My sitting with coffee and oatmeal takes me forty minutes every day.
3: That's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Not
1: because it takes me that long to eat it or to drink that coffee. If I wanted it to be gone in five minutes, it could be. <laughs> but. To really focus on just saying, this is going to be a slow morning, yep. I'm going to mentally prepare for this full day ahead, yep. that's, that's a part of my routine. Yep. And I wouldn't, I mean, I guess when I say it like that, it sounds like meditation, but I would have never classified that as meditation.
3: Yeah, it's time you have intentionally sought out, you're not turning the TV on, you're not catching up on emails, your phone's somewhere else, it's intentional, raw silence. Yeah. Just your munching. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think that my in my I guess intentional raw silence. Like I um, before I moved up here, I was really really into yoga. Like for a solid three years, like really really, really deep down the rabbit hole of of the <laughs> yoga world. And um, and then when I moved up here, I, because I had a yoga studio within a hundred meters of my house, so I would walk ev- walk there every day. I'd go to like one or two classes a day. It was amazing. Um, and I think during those probably three years I was like that was like I don't know what would I say my mental peak like I was uh. mentally <clears throat> that was my like my strongest mental state my healthiest mental state mm. and my happiest mental state um and then when I moved up here I stopped doing it just because it, there wasn't a place around me whatever and then in the last few months I started doing it again and now I'm probably doing it you know doing it like three times a week but I noticed the days that I do it like once I start I'm like you know, I'll do yoga for an hour, but then I'm like, I'll get in Shavasana, which is like, you know, the corpse pose. And I don't even, I'll lay there and I, sometimes it's like an hour that goes by and I don't move. And I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm thinking about. I don't even know. It's just like, but, but it takes doing like an hour of yoga for me to even get into that mindset of getting there. And then it's like, you know, I'll do yoga to a video and then the video will get you into Shavasana and then I'm laying there and then at some point the video stops but i'm not even aware like, uh, um, but i've started getting back into that recently and uh, uh yeah it's pretty sweet
3: that is pretty sweet
2: <laughs> but it's very time consuming so i can't do it every day
3: <laughs> yeah that is pretty rad. Right.
2: yeah but i don't even know that there's thought going on in that time
3: i don't think you need thought to be productive i still think it's yeah filling you up
2: yeah yeah yeah
3: <clears throat> you know
2: uh, i move move about my day in a different way after those after i do that yeah
3: there's always something subconscious happening yeah yeah i i it's that raw silence is hard like that's, mm-hmm. it's so much easier to read something or and but then it's not really by yourself so i i was for a while i was pretty and i should get back to this because as busier i get i've cut this out and I've lost the skill you lose do you, loo- do you lose your shavas edge like did it take you a while to get back into that
2: or- um, yeah, it yeah.
3: yeah I did yeah it's a skill you have to cultivate yeah. like, so I was doing this thing for a while it was uh, 10 10 five, 5 5 5 minutes of silence 5 minutes of reflection five minutes of, 5 minutes of silence 5 minutes of gratitude 5 minutes of reflection 5 minutes of dreaming and it was like 5 and I kind of would set a watch and I, for there was a, probably a year where I did that a couple times a week and that was my peak like I was just like firing, making connections. Mm-hmm. I, would, it, it, I would write, and then I would pause at the end and then write everything down. And out of that came some, like a more willingness to be kind of gutsy, to take some more risks in terms of just other things going on in my life. And, um, but it took a skill. Like it mm-hmm. was, the, the first time I did that, 20 minutes felt like a haul. And then you get better. And then I could slip into like real meaningful silence a lot quicker mm-hmm. than if I was out of it and don't do it anymore. Now it, it would take me 10 minutes to get to a place of like real, really good like thoughts, really good gratitude after I clear out all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it would take forever to get there. But it but is But it's a almost skill like you you're on.
2: like backlogged. Maybe that why, that's why it takes I think so it, well, long. You like, get you're, backlogged. You're so backlogged. So and so it's like, like yeah. you have to process all this immediate stuff. And then once well, you start that's why doing it, takes it you an yeah. hour to
3: get through yoga. So while you're doing all the poses, you're just clearing all the crap. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: And then by the time you're done, all the
0: crap's clear. Yeah. I don't know. It's wild. It is wild. I need to take up yoga now. I know. I tried doing it a couple summers ago. Actually, I was forced to do it for the tennis program I was in. I was forced to do We'd it. We had to do yoga twice a week, and it was one of the things I dreaded the most throughout my day just because I hated being alone with my thoughts or like having like nothing in my head. But now I feel like I'm starting to appreciate that. Yeah, it was interesting because when I started
2: it, I felt like I couldn't figure out, like, what the draw to it was. And I was like, is it a physical thing? Is it, like, a mental thing? It's just, like, weird stretching. I don't get it, and I hated it for a while. Um, And then I had, you know, it took a few good instructors for me to, like, you know, that, that would lead a class in a really good way. And then I was like, oh, this is what it's about. And it really, I mean, like, I felt my strongest physically too when i was doing yoga hmm. um and it's just like i don't know what it is it's like full body i just love it so yeah you should take it up yeah. you all should start doing it
1: it's hard yeah I've, I've tried yoga a few times i don't like that it forces me to recognize how unflexible i am yeah that's how you <laughs> should do it and i i spend a lot of time looking at the instructor wondering to myself how are they doing that yeah (laughs) while i'm struggling to touch my toes yeah
0: (laughs) it's something that you can build up to though because i wasn't able to touch my toes like last year and now i can touch the floor which i didn't think would was something that would ever be possible for me
3: it's important (laughs) to see that growth
0: yeah but this summer i'll start up yoga delete social media I think this podcast, you know, has allowed me to like reinvent my life, at least for summer. I like it. Yeah, things are good. Well, and I think even for this podcast,
2: it's good for you. I mean, you're already setting aside intentional time to talk to people who you want to have conversation with. You know, which I think is you're very good conversation. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, which I think is like so important to you as a person. You know, it's only going to help you grow. And so. you know we could talk about social media and those bad effects and phones and technology and blah 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 but it's like you're already on that path of like the step in the right direction because like you're you're doing this yourself and getting other people to do it with you which is like really cool
0: thank you
3: yeah i love it it's good
0: well Thank you guys for joining me. We, are, we just hit the one-hour mark, which what? went by a lot That's faster. <laughs> <laughs> Shabbat. <laughs> but maybe you guys can come back maybe next um, track and field season as a reoccurring guest. Yeah, great. sooner. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you to all you Nikos listening in on the podcast. Until next time, this is Sincerely Aria.